This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ooh, halflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Hi, my name's Olivia Kennedy, but everybody calls me Liv. You went full infomercial with that Hi. one. I did. Hi. I even pointed at the camera. You can't see it, but yeah. I did. Maybe, maybe. You never know. Maybe we might have up it. on the YouTube. Who knows? Don't look somebody. at me. Maybe. Well, maybe. Whatever you want to do. And. Uh, Hi, I'm podcasting's <laughs> Jeremy Cobb, but Maria Montero <laughs> calls me Jeremy the Great. And then I tried to shoot Kevin Costner. This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. Full Prince vibe? Woof. <laughs> this makes them even more black. It does have an alligator with a pistol in it, though. The brand new Hoffman. Yeah. On a nat 20. No! My name is Blam Jam. That's disgusting and I love it. <laughs> We're about to get into something real big now. What? <laughs> You may know me from such Sorry. podcasts as Three Black Halflings and <laughs> you may, yeah, exactly. Uh, you may me know as uh, podcastings. That's so funny. That is so so funny. Um, the idea that like you could just pick a whole medium. <laughs> like, well, I'm, people will say I I'm TVs. TVs, yeah. Such. Actually, literally, so, just as I thought yeah. about it, I was like, oh yeah, I guess people do do that. What a ridiculous yeah. thing to say. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. where you might know me. From. I belong yeah. to TV. <laughs> Essentially, what they're saying is, hi, this is the reason I'm here. Yeah, yeah, basically. Which Hi, I guess is, is not true. Part. So from now on, we will all be podcastings and then our names. Uh, <laughs> that's how it I've work. just, literally, Jasper, I've just gotten the the thing I do right. I can't <laughs> add this on. I oh, no, no, you've got it, your Jasper. bit now. You've got your bit. Sorry, you be, I'm not going to add oh, anything. We've got the bit. You can be YouTube and podcastings because you, you got both, Liv. You got both. I do. Liv got both. I do got both, but also like, oh, fine. I'll get, I'll, I'll go back. Hi, I'll I'm YouTube's Olivia Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm I'm YouTube. Um, I'm YouTube. Right. I'm the algorithm. <laughs> I am the algorithm. I see what you do. <laughs> I'm the famous algorithm you've heard so much about and that everyone's scared of. Um, <laughs> your voice scared becomes of? infinite You'll... in that moment. Hi, yeah. I'm the algorithm. <laughs> you will never understand me. <laughs> that actually really reminds me. I went to see Everything Everywhere uh, all at once uh, the other day. And yes. uh, oh my God, blew my mind. Yeah, great it, movie. It's oh, yeah, I still need to. I still need to. Ugly cried for the final twenty mo- minutes of that movie. Like Ooh. truly ugly cried. I was a wreck. I don't uh, remember that. It was that. real bad. Um, so somebody tried to tickle you in the middle of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jade, get out of here! Come Jade, on, Jade, get out! What are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, I have two points of business before I tell everyone what we're doing in this week's episode. Uh, which is, first of all, uh, that we, the three black halflings, will all. All three of us will be at D and D in a castle this October. I know. I'm pretty sure we're actually going to be there for Halloween, which is yes, exciting. It should be heck. Well, at least over Halloween season, it's like the final yeah. two weeks of Hall- like the final week of October. It's Halloween mm-hmm. season. Um, it's the big spooky and- time. 
Yeah, I genuinely could not be more excited. All three of us are going to be together. It's rare that all three of us... I mean, we haven't been all three of us together yet. No, I've never wild. met Liv. Exactly. I've never met I, Liv uh, either. I believe hello. that she does have uh, a, a body below her neck, yeah. but I don't. Yes. I can't confirm This just yet. in... I got them leggies. I, I got, got them leggies. Okay, it's confirmed for leggies. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, leggy, we, we <laughs> wanted to let you know that we will all three of us be there. Uh, we are going to be myself and Jeremy will be DMing on two separate uh, um, sort of rounds. Uh, so, I believe at the moment I am going to be DMing for round seven, and Jeremy is mm-hmm. going to be DMing for round eight. Yes, uh, but so if you want to be... also both be running one shots during that. Yes, period. exactly. So Ooh. we'll be swapping over running one shots. Also, whilst incredible Liv Kennedy is running around oh. being NPCs for everyone uh, so uh, you can I can absolutely... be your mum, I can be your sister I can be your dad if you want I can be an enemies to lovers person I don't know, who am I going to be? Who are you going to be? It's a big mystery wow. um, but truly uh, I think it is going to be an amazing uh, uh, week, it's going to be an incredible three days, uh, if you want to uh, come and check it out uh, I think it would be a total blast uh, for mm-hmm. anyone, uh, come hang out with us uh you'll get to play with all three of us and no matter what round you uh, you come to because basically the one shots always happen during sort of like off periods and stuff like that so you will be able to play uh, no matter which round you book on you'll be able to play with all three of us probably if you want to because i'm sure we can rope live into one of our uh, our campaign or the one shot we're doing yeah. um Talk and we'll just be get to, we'll get to hang around we'll get to uh, you know uh, have a drink catch up have some, we all get to have some food together at the banquet hall i think it's going to be an amazing event and i can't wait mm. to do it with all three black halflings i'm so excited yeah. it's gonna be dope. Go. so yeah. if you want to uh make sure you check out the episode description where you can find uh, a link specifically to the rounds that we're uh going to be in uh which is where you can basically register and come along but yeah come along to our tables guys it is going to be come hang. uh absolutely next level Ooh, um yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah levels, that's even that's that's that, that's the sort of important bit of business. The other bit of business is just how badly I think all three of us lost our damn minds this morning uh, <laughs> when we woke up to see that Brennan Lee Mulligan was wearing a 3BH pin on the EXU Calamity final finale. Finale. But just it was just there to see. And uh, like, what a hey, ple- what, what fuck, an absolute. Brennan? Yeah, what, how fucking dare you? I think that's what I tweeted. I was like, excuse me, sir. How dare you be so wholesome? Yeah, fuck you, Brennan. Stop being nice. Entirely Stop too you. delightful. Like, what? what? Uh, another Suck well-placed. a dick and be mean for once. <laughs> uh, go buy into a corporation and be judged like the rest of us. I don't know. Get something from Amazon, Brennan. Come on. Do Come something. On. That's not Lemon. so freaking perfect and wholesome. God damn Legit, it. though, I I have become really desensitized to awesome things happening mm. as as it pertains to this podcast. But that one, yes, it's one tough. Yeah. It's tough it's because it really it, it hits you in the feels a lot. This podcast, like we, yeah. you know, uh, we are approaching our two year anniversary. Um, uh, as the time that you'll be listening to this, it's like I think it's like this. Sat- it's like the Saturday that you'll be list- like the the Saturday mm-hmm. of the, the week this comes out will be our two year anniversary, and it is. If you'd have said to me when we were about to click, you know, upload or whatever on our first three episodes that we dropped oh. in two years time, 
Brennan Lee Mulligan is going to wear an <laughs> item of your merch on the final of a incredibly finale. popular four-part series. Oh, yeah, sorry, on the finale. Of on incredibly the final popular... exam. The final exam. <laughs> I mean, for the Examdria Unlimited. <laughs> Examdria. But, like, on this f- incredibly popular four-part series on the critical role. I mean, that like uh, that's mind-blowing. Yeah. That is mind-blowing. And I just wanted to... Uh, it's just a, another one of those wholesome moments. I said it to you guys in the chat earlier. Mm-hmm. But I wanted mm-hmm. to reiterate it to all of the fans and everyone who has supported us and getting us to this point. Just a huge thank you so much because we just wouldn't be here if people weren't listening and interacting and sharing and liking and all of that stuff. So just from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much because it is uh, just absolutely bananas that things like that are still happening. Uh, mm-hmm. And things like that of that level are happening. It's it's amazing. So uh, truly, truly, truly thank you so much for all of your mm-hmm. love and support. And uh, Brennan, yeah. you are a wonderful human being and you've absolutely made, I think, wow. all of our... Uh, well, you made our birthday. That's what you did. You yes. gave us a little, yeah. early, little early birthday well, present. Birthday. And, uh, I'd, I'd like I mean... to send you a Bugs Bunny style kiss. Have you guys ever seen like where Bugs Bunny mm. just kisses people? Yeah. And it's like a oh, yeah. kind of heart like, or like a yeah. lips or whatever. Well, his yeah, lips yeah. like stretch out. They like attach yeah, they to their head. The person's like forehead and then cups. like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's, but then the elastic back. Yeah, also if yeah. you told me I'd ever have my grubby little mitts near this podcast like a few months ago, I would not have believed you. So like, yeah, this is pretty cool. So thanks. Because Liv had never heard of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? But do you know what, Jeremy? This is actually kind of wild. Uh, before mm-hmm. we, just before we move on, this is actually wild. We worked out the other day, the first time Liv even heard me was yeah. DMing on NADPOD. Oh, yeah, wow. So fi- I, I like, never what? heard I was like, your... Your your wonderful voice up until that point, and I was like, "Oh, he's pretty good, isn't he?" Oh, that, that's <laughs> wild, right? That's yeah. like that feels a little bit wild. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, I just think this is such a perfect illustration, right before our second anniversary, that you know of of what we've managed to do and and what the show has become. Uh, and I just can't thank you enough. So uh, huge, huge thank you to everyone listening. Uh, we have a tr- a real treat uh, in store for you this week. We have a mm-hmm. uh, a Shire folk spotlight. Uh, I mean, the Shy Folk Spotlight, all Shy Folk Spotlights, uh, you know, what we normally plan is like a, you know, we'll do like half an hour, 20 minutes, turn into like a full hour epic conversation uh, about It became theory. a Shy Folk showcase. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. Oh, yes, Jeremy. Yeah, and we might even change the name. We might even check because that's nice. I came up I with like, the name. Sure, I know. Like, but you've well, done it yourself. It, baby. You've done it yourself. We <laughs> rebranded. You've done it again. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. 
Halflings, I would like to thank our sponsor for today, Factor. With the busy season fast approaching, you might be on the lookout for some wholesome, convenient meals for a jam packed days. I know that I do. One of my favourite things about having a ready-to-eat meal kit is the fact that I get a nice variety to my diet. It is so easy when you're busy and you're trying to look for nutritious food to eat to just eat the same things over and over again. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. Factor is here to help you. Skip the next trip to the grocery store, all the chopping and prepping and cleaning too, whilst getting all the flavour, nutrition and quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never fresh frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat and enjoy and get back to crushing your day. You can choose from over 34 flavor-packed meals per week, and the Calorie Smart meals come in at less than 550 calories per serving. And if you need a little extra boost in the day, there is an assortment of 45-plus add-ons that you can snack on, including breakfast items, including apple cinnamon pancakes, or as we like to call it, second breakfast. And just in case you need any more convincing, Factor offsets 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for all of their production sites and offices. Head over to factormeals.com slash halflings50 and use the code halflings50 to get 50% off. That's the code halflings50 at factormeals.com slash halflings50 to get 50% off. You are so welcome. Enjoy your tasty, nutritious meals for half price. Go now. What are you doing? Go, 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 run. Thank you to Angie for sponsoring this HeadGum Podcast. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Indeed. So if you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Yeah, doing stuff yourself seems fun, but then you actually get to you know solving a problem and you realize that mm-hmm. you can create 10 more problems and then you probably should have just paid a yeah. a professional to deal with it right off the bat you can easily injure and or maim yourself as well yeah you don't want to do that no. angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process you just get the app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. It's very convenient. It sure is, folks, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. So download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Thank you, Angie. Angie.com. Thank you. So, before we go any further, I think it is time that we take a step back into the Shire. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm genuinely so excited. <laughs> All right. Shire. Uh, right uh, wait, I'm waiting for. Uh, or wait, Shire. Is, uh, is pirate pirate Jeremy there at all? Because <laughs> there's a pirate Yar. here. <laughs> Yar. He's got really cute now. Pirate Jeremy got really cute. <laughs> Oh, yar! Uh, hearty har. Right. Well, I believe uh, pirate Jeremy and um, and and the lovely uh, Shire folk live. Uh, we've actually got a, a, an extra 
Landlubber Lib. Land all right. Lubber Lib. Land that's, Lib. that's your new one. Pirate Jeremy and Landlubber Lib. <laughs> Land I can't Lib. actually say that too quickly because my <laughs> tongue just won't do it. It won't do it. Um, <laughs> I know. I can't. I can't. We, we, people yeah. call me Lib. You can go with Lib. Um, <laughs> How about you call me the Captain Cobb? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Did you just say nar? Nar. Captain of the Jolly Cubber. Right, I think that's enough of that, Captain Cubber. No. As I explained to our guest, that this bit, yep, there we go, that this bit would probably go on for far too long. Here it has. Overstayed its welcome. Just like my beard. But someone who we have to welcome yep, uh, once oh, this so bit is long. over and I've forced my way oh, into the conversation over hair. Uh, is uh, oh, no. never oh, be over. Oh. wait I'm farling who's that my face oh, who's that there's someone at the door oh, is there a narc captain, the captain Cobb will you please go and let them in please a narc yar <laughs> who do yeah, we don't have don't over your beard the there mate <laughs> <laughs> oh Jeremy, no stop. <laughs> what He's on rare oh, no. form today. Absolutely incredible. Uh, who do we have at the door of Who's the shire? Of the stop there? Stop! I will kick you out of this <laughs> recording. I don't know if I have the power to do it, but I'll I will turn try. This podcast around. So it'll feel so empty without me. Hello. But you know what? The, the thing is, we do actually have to be serious <laughs> because we've got a genuinely like we've got like one of these like actually intelligent guests coming on who is actually like qualified oh, yeah, to talk God, about the right? stupid the stuff that we talk about like genuinely so i'm very very excited to welcome to the shire future <laughs> doctor because currently uh being considered for their phd which is very very exciting Ooh, yeah studying afrofuturism empathy pop culture and politics yeah, Joan, yeah. welcome to the show. How are you Hello. doing? Hello. Hi. Yeah, Hi. Joan yeah. Miller is here. We're excited to be here. Hurrah. I mean, Hurrah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's it. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for joining yeah. us here at the Shire. Uh, one day we'll I'm clicking me booties. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, but Joan, you thank you uh, <laughs> so much. Okay, you done. two, yeah. stop now. This is not your moment now. This is a Shire Folk Spotlight, okay? You oh, get I the spotlight. Fully, I fully uh, <laughs> yield to, to booty clap. Don't, don't encourage them. Don't encourage Joan them. Comes in. I'd like to yield the rest of my time. I will yield the rest of my time. I clap, yield my time. Damn. Mr. Chairman, <laughs> I, I yield That's, to the booty. <laughs> that's all Joan says for the rest of the interview is I yield my time. <laughs> <laughs> I yield well, my time. Thank you so much for joining us. That's interesting. We will find you. I yield my time. The episode. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. Um, but no, genuinely, thank you so much clap, for clap, uh, for joining us uh, for for coming along today. Um, so excited! You actually reached out uh, to us and were telling us about all these incredible things that you're doing and this PhD that you're studying for. Um, and uh, it just yeah, it was instantly fascinating, and we were just like, yes, we absolutely uh, have to talk a little bit uh, about Joan. But before we get into PhDs and exciting, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, the, the, all these plans and things that you're writing, um, why don't you tell us uh, your nerdy origin story? What, when did it begin for Joan Miller? When did you get into all of this nerdy stuff so it's funny because i realized actually talking to my dad about this for a while back um and i realized that when i first got into D, &D it was before my parents got divorced which means i had to have been less than six years old so i was wow i i was a 
my very first fandom that I remember was The Little Mermaid, and I had Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. freaking everything. I had a, okay. I had a waterbed, I had the sheets, I had the Whoa. switch plate. <gasps> you had a waterbed, like a yeah. proper like squishing yeah. around. Wow. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Were there my fish parents in it? eventually. Go- mm, no, but I did, <laughs> and that <laughs> fish that would look up at you longingly, wishing to be part of your world. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so I did sense. have fish, though. I had a pair of fish, goldfish named Ariel and Eric and <laughs> amazing nice. that's great habit nice. as a kid of feeding things like I fed the VCR a peanut butter and jelly sandwich um <laughs> oh. y'all oh. y'all know what a VCR is yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. yes, yes, yes. yes Youngins. Mm-hmm. How old do you think we are? <laughs> Yar. Well, some of the stuff I've heard, some of the episodes, you guys got to be at least a little bit younger than I am. Because I mean, about, uh, something about yeah. how old you guys were when I'm Star eternal. Wars came out. Uh, when the original oh, yeah. Star Wars came out, I was not yet born, but uh, I was old enough to remember uh, the first version I saw was the. Um, Oh, what were they called? Uh, the ones that came out before the prequels. The oh, Christmas what? specials. No, yeah, Christmas the specials. Christmas special was also long before I was born. The original? It was, it, was the ver- it was the first time that fans really got mad at George Lucas because he completely went in and redid a bunch of the effects in the original trilogy and oh, added a bunch of like, for random the, stuff. For the DVDs. For the, it was even no pre pre DVDs. This is still VHS. No, uh, my dad had these for oh. me when I was like six That's years old. When they changed and... the ending of Return of the Jedi from the Yub Nub song to the weird mm. new whatever song, and they changed it from Han mm. shooting first to Greedo shooting first. That's what it that, was. I think it was the original. Yeah, Han shoot first to Greedo shoot first. Uh, but oh, what it was before they changed like Obi Wan's crate dragon scream and then added in like Darth Vader going no when he throws Palpatine <laughs> into the shaft. It was the exactly. it was a version prior to that. Yeah, I remember. I that. cannot that, remember what they're called. Shame I missed that. That was in the nineties. Yeah, and I was like six when those came out. Yeah, I think I might have been you. You and I might be close to the same age. Well, I mean, you yeah. know, I just said how old I was before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. But. yeah. Uh, the the uh, my girlfriend is like a year younger than you, yeah. so I'm within your age range. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so you were uh, yeah. explaining <laughs> uh, before we after the complete conversational <laughs> dead end. <laughs> we'll how, we'll keep track of how many times I completely just forget what I was talking about during this episode. Um, <laughs> But yeah, oh, so I had, so I was feeding, feeding the VCR, um, feeding everything. I fed the fish, like I kept feeding them human food. So my dad was finally like, we can't keep these fish anymore. And he had this friend who had won the lottery oh, wow. um, okay. and lived Whoa. out in the rich part of the area and had a pond. So we, while we were there, older brother of the two so my this friend of my dad's had Mm -hmm. two kids one was closer to my age and one was like five or six years older Mm -hmm. and they wanted to play D &D so bad and like my brother is two years younger than me so he couldn't have been more than three or four but he they just roped us in because they needed bodies and like all i remember from this is following after them and picking up gold and being like do i have to do anything and they were like no just keep getting the gold say, and i was like, like that that, okay, that cool. could work with like um, interesting just like you could that's you could, my first experience with D&D. i feel like that probably had to have been second edition um just because of when it would have been it would have been like in the early 90s 
Um, and then I didn't play again really until college when I played GURPS, which is the general universal role-playing system. And I played mm -hmm. a, we were playing a superhero campaign and I was playing a fly woman and I had this other member in my party who was, um, had like heat and cold powers, but he was dumb as a rock. Like he had negative intelligence and he would just do things like accidentally leave his hands on the bar top and like there would be a scorch mark in the shape of his hands. And I was a fly woman and I had an indestructible digestion. So I would like light bulbs Whoa. to just amuse the crap out of this the buddy who was like getting distracted, leaving scorching handprints on the bar and stuff like that. It was it was it was what interesting. I would never have to be a fly <laughs> Fly woman, but it worked out. Yeah, I'd say it digestion out. was a very interesting mm. power. Yeah, it's. It... Mm -hmm. mm. I think. I mean, I do think I used it in combat once or twice, but I don't remember that campaign very well. And then the mm. my real like real deal experience with D and D comes from the campaign that I'm still in right now, which started in two thousand and. 12 we're about to celebrate 10 years of this campaign um and we started playing 3.5 um at level one shortly before hurricane sandy hit long island um and i remember that because during the power outage from that we played by candlelight and um one of the pcs was opening a game shop a retro game shop and so he just had the space, but it wasn't open yet. And so we just had all this room to have all this really nice setup and just playing Whoa. on Halloween and candlelight. And my husband's the DM is wearing a freaking Mario costume and it was great. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's and roll. You cannot certainly try. Um, that was awful. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> How do you want to do this? All the accents, please, Joan. That's I think you should talk in nothing but that accent for yeah, the rest yeah. of this. Just do that. <laughs> just do that. I would not yeah. be able to finish because I would be so disappointed myself. I would just be like, "Oh God, Joan, just, <laughs> just please, just please stop." <laughs> <laughs> I I really liked it. <laughs> could do is I could do it's, yeah, yeah. blue from Blue's Clues. I yeah, yeah, the whole that presentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't speak blue. Yeah, why does everyone speak blue? <laughs> everyone here speaks blue. Yeah, mm -hmm. of, course, about. of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So that my character for that, her name is Senna. She actually started out as a character that I made for a Harry Potter messaging board role-playing game, which was fun. Mm. Um, that it was, it was a bunch of like thirteen to sixteen-year-olds doing the shit that thirteen to sixteen-year-olds do on a message board, but in Harry Potter themes. Yeah. Um, um, that's like Tumblr before yeah. Tumblr, it yeah. feels like. Yeah, it was like... We might have been on the same message board. Look, I can't say for sure, but we might have been on the same <laughs> message board. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Kink Warts. 
<laughs> that sounds exactly like where Liv would be. Like, honestly, I feel like Liv's there now. Like, <laughs> it's called King Quartz. I'm the mod. I'm the mod of King Quartz. Okay, I'm mod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if, if like, Joan was like, Gremblix? <laughs> yeah. And Liv was like, <gasps> They've known each other for, te- for like 10, 20 odd years. <laughs> yeah. Both just start sobbing. Like, the moments we shared. Don't I cursed you. <laughs> Do you remember that time in fourth year? <laughs> I'm sure for that to happen, because I mean, like, I was on that messaging board for like three or four years, and like, my character, she got, yeah. she got into some stuff. some stuff. She's around, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Her That's... dad was a Death Eater, but she was like trying not to be, and like all this crazy that. stuff. I love the redemption. Yeah. That is like oh, so and wild. Yeah. I was working on having her learn spells that were based in Arabic instead of in Latin because Ooh. she was Ooh. black. And so I was like, what if she started picking up spells from African traditions instead of European and English traditions? And so like, cause I'm half, well, I'm half Nigerian, quarter Irish, quarter Italian for the most part. Mm. And so You're like, I love, American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I was just thinking that basically what I meant was that if you, if somebody is most black Americans are not, they, there is some white in there yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like straight up 50, 50. Like my dad is, is white, white, white. And my mom is dark Nigerian sprinter type. Um, mm-hmm. And like, literally like she was a sprinter and almost went to the Olympics, but. Like wow. decided to go on vacation yeah. instead, I guess. Because I, no, yeah. I respect that. It's like my mom. Yeah, my mom's yeah. gonna go to the Olympics for the UK. Uh, and what? then she, then she, you yeah, never yeah. mentioned this. Sport. Yeah, it never came up. Uh, my mom was super athletic when she was younger, and she was gonna go to the Olympics. Uh, but then she joined a specific denomination where they were like, no, and she was like, yeah, okay. Oh, wow. sport. Oh, Jeremy's mom. Yeah, she holds no bitterness over it. She's like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like totally indifferent to it also she's like eh whatever I don't care yeah yeah. yeah she's yeah. like yeah fair Asian. trade it's all good wow that's, wow. that's cool. my, my mom, mom has definitely yeah. not been to the Olympics or not even no my mom's not been to the no, Olympics either yeah. my mum is also Irish though so like you know I, I get that like the Irish yeah yeah huh? okay yeah. Yeah. Okay. that was her Olympics um, just Ireland Ireland was her Olympics so yeah mm. yeah mm. Joan can I ask a question about your character and her, specifically her father yeah how I always got the vibe from Voldemort that he was had some strong white supremacist leanings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. But my question is, how did was was your character's father black? Yes, he was African. Oh, mm-hmm. oh wow. Um, so did that come up like in the in the Voldemort? It discourse? didn't really because. So here's the thing: was we played characters and we didn't necessarily always play like my character had a sister that i also played but then i also played like minerva mcgonagall and like Mm. one or two other characters Mm -hmm. um and she would host parties and stuff and her dad would show up but she like his he didn't really get into the role play that much but Mm -hmm. in my head it's kind of like one of those situations where have you guys watched the latest season of Stranger Things? Oh, not yes. yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet, but okay. yes, carry on. Oh, live. I, I, not yet. Oh, Come on. Well, live. So, what are you doing? So you in doing? the episode that I just watched, I, I won't spoil, but in the episode that I just watched, 
there's it's the basketball team and there's two black guys on the basketball team one is the character that we know and one is another character and it's like i was thinking about it last night while i was watching it and like they're being peer pressured into doing stuff and like our character you know has his relationships with his friends as a motivating factor but the other character it's like i'm thinking about it and i'm like it's almost like he has this extra pressure to conform to what these hyper white all American jock boys are doing, even though it's nasty because he can't, not only will he be a freak if he gets excluded, but he'll be a black freak. And mm. so like, mm. not, like not only will he be that D and D nerd, but he'll be that black D and D nerd. So both the black kids that are trying to be cool and the white kids that are trying to be cool are going to look at him like he's a piece of shit. And so it's mm. like the stakes are, are a lot higher for him. And so I think that's kind of in my head, similar to what her dad was. Yeah. It's like this sort of almost like, um, could start getting into theory here. Like the racial bribe of, in, don't go in, for it. Do it. Yeah. Do it, do like, it. So <laughs> do, it. do it. Alexander has this book called, um, the new Jim Crow. And it's, uh, that. Mm-hmm. Mass Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness. That's the subtitle. And also, if you've seen the Ava DuVernay documentary 13th, it's largely based off of that book. Um, And, like, one of the things they talk about is the racial bribe, which is, like, a way that elite whites sort of the bribe is that, like, you may be poor and you may be suffering, but at least you're not black and poor and suffering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so like mm. you get some special treatment and it was a way to drive a wedge in between groups that would otherwise be natural allies to sort of team up mm. and overthrow some of these systems. Like I'm almost thinking, I'm actually thinking about um, in the cub and the caterpillar and Wagadu stuff when you guys are, were um, recruiting all the different factions like the Swalla and the, I'm not even going to remember half the names, the fish people and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Yanni troop. Yeah. Yeah. And all of them. And just like how before sort of Muti and Ongenagama got involved, they were all sort of hostile towards each other and at each other's throats. But as they started to realize that there were forces they should be uniting again to keep them from uniting with each other that they actually mm. had each other's best interests were aligned with each other and therefore they they were natural allies but because the elites were aware of that and had the resources to manipulate them they were able to drive that wedge and that's kind of what happens mm-hmm. um in the u.s we it's it's called the southern strategy it was like the way that um like reagan and even a little bit before him sort of managed to capitalize on this southern white protestant vote um while also alienating or like pushing away gerrymandering blah blah politics senate mm-hmm. mm. representation um, see look i told you guys didn't i tell you guys oh, to no. bring on someone intelligent today i mean <laughs> but like not only that joe managed to go from theory Pivot into Cub and the Caterpillar to give yeah. us a reference and then pivot out. Even I understood that because that, you, was, you that, got, you, that was great. You put it on our level. I love that. I was, I was about to be like... You put it on our level. I was about to be like... You so, said it for the dumbbells like, in the back. I was like, but so that's like why I love popular culture is because 
Yeah, it's because you can, it's it's a language that you can use. And it's, to me, that's like, it's more useful than any of the sort of stuff that I'm going to end up, like, I'm not going to sit there and read to you from Das Kapital to try to get you to understand Marxism. Mm-hmm. Like, what I just said, essentially in Das Kapital, like, the mm-hmm. alienation of uh, labor, the racial bribe, the, like, pitting the elites pitting the plebes against each other, all of that stuff that's mm-hmm. in there. It just, it doesn't need to be said in such highfalutin language. Um, mm-hmm. And also yeah, it it's just like, yeah, absolutely. yeah, it's just like, and when you have these pop culture texts that you can kind of rely on and be like, you know, it, it's just like that one time in, in Star Asking Wars. Jeopardy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's an ep- have you seen the episode of SNL Black Jeopardy with Tom Hanks that came out yes. a few years ago? It's like exactly what you're talking about, where he's playing like a he's pl- p- playing like basically it's Black Jeopardy. So yeah. the host is now black. All of the contestants are black except for Tom Hanks, who is playing like a rural, poor, uh, southern white American, and he is able to answer all of the questions. And basically the point is that the, the point they're making is that the, the struggle of black, of many black Americans and many poor white Americans is very similar. And there are actually a lot of shared cultural elements uh, and both actually function in some ways as oppressed classes, but it's, but they are divided along racial lines. Like he's, he's right on board with them. And it's like, wow, they're really connecting. And then the last category is, uh, People who uh, it's lives who matter. Uh, and like, well, yeah, and that's when they a fun it. ride. <laughs> uh, the thing to do is to really contrast that episode with the episode they do with Chadwick Boseman, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I think he just straight up plays T'Challa in that episode. Yeah, and it's like everything. It's just like the upper class African, class black americans are just not connecting at every single point until they get to the end and like they ask like your white friend has brought a potato salad to the cookout what do you do with it (laughs) and like it's just his i'm not even gonna try to do it because we already saw how bad i am at accents (laughs) <laughs> oh you gotta to you gotta try <laughs> no 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 I I'm, I'm with you if you don't want to try this joke that's yeah <laughs> not even gonna try it but um his response is all like I assume she does not season her food and just like nay and just like all that stuff he gets to the end and is like nah Karen take that white ass potato salad and and oh and just something about like does it have raisins in it and just shit like that it was it was hilarious but i think yeah, it's I think like I remember the raisins a bit if you kind of contrast those two episodes to each other you can kind of see like the 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 way that class and race intersect in a really interesting dynamic and also the sort of juxtaposition between american identity and african identity and how African-Americans are kind of torn between that. Mm. And then like, for me, there's this added level of being African-American, but not a descendant of slaves. So Mm. in the U S most people presume that if you're black and you don't have an accent, that you're a descendant of slaves, although being mixed. um, And I think I've heard you talk about this before, Jasper, 
like people constantly just assume you are whatever they want to think that you are like yeah, mood, yeah. whatever fits mm-hmm. the narrative in the, at the moment that's what they'll go exactly. with exactly and it's like <laughs> people getting mad at me because i don't speak spanish and i'm just like I, I, i'm not even remotely a little bit spanish yeah Hispanic. yep i've, had, I've had that one before None of i've it. had that one before <laughs> yeah yeah i've gotten native american i've gotten arabic which is closer because my my nigerian family is fula which is a nomadic tribe which is all throughout the um Mm. the sub-sahara yeah, but um i think they're actually one of the inspirations for the uh uh ozyman lineage in very cool i yeah signed up for that mailing list like twice now and mm-hmm. still haven't gotten that source book but oh, i'm gonna oh we can get out. you that pdf don't you worry we get you that yeah. PDF. okay that's 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 okay. what we do i need it. like we'll I, get you that I pdf i'll it. hook you up yeah we'll hook you up mm-hmm. we'll hook you up right. no worries before I'm, the end of this conversation <laughs> yeah there we go there we go the hookup's coming um i really want to then just touch on like when did this kind of passion and love and and joy pivot into this kind of like want to study because i genuinely like even now getting taught to you so fascinated by the this kind of stance that you have on it because i'm a big believer in that education is um is always uh it's only ever accessible if you speak the language of the person trying to educate and i mm-hmm. always the example i always give is that i was like super kind of like dumb in quotation marks up until i got to uni and my the, the friend i stayed with it at my third year of uni uh was like already had like a degree in like physics from oxford but just pivoted and decided he wanted to be an actor instead um <laughs> and so uh but he uh, but i was like always really had a fascination with like space and stuff like that and just but just couldn't grasp stuff and i remember one day he sat down we we're in the pub and we started talking about quantum physics and he was like look let me explain it to you in a way that's going to make it make sense and he was there with the salt and pepper shakers and mm-hmm. napkins and all you know what i mean uh and you know we ended up going to McDonald's after that we ended up going home we, t- we talked until the sun came up wow. and i remember like my mind just expanded because suddenly i had a teacher who really was able to speak in a language that i was able to understand and it wasn't a limit of my ability to learn it was ability it was a limit of my ability to process the information and i yeah. absolutely love what you've said there about the uh th- like this concept of using popular culture as references because that's ultimately what popular culture is right it is mm-hmm. a reflection of our society whether we kind of want to believe it or not like most yeah. mainstream films are in you know there's some some element of our society is being well that's shown back to us and whether we like it or not you know, that's the difference right of- of entire fields of art history, theater history, film history mm. is the whole presumption behind even doing that work is to say, this is going to tell us something about the culture of the people who are interested in making this and who are interested in, in seeing it and, and making use of it. And mm. like, um, so to back up a little bit, I'll say how I first became interested in writing about D and D scholastically, um, I was in a class at NYU. Um, I did my master's in performance studies and I, the class was called memoir and ethnography. And um, it was really cool because it, I, there's not a lot of places I think where those two things would have been combined. Like, I don't know that a lot of scholars outside of critical cultural studies put that much value onto memoir and more sort of like, um, stylistic writing uh which is one of the things that i love about it and so i got really into memoir writing and part one of our assignments for that was to do sort of like almost uh an epistolary 
Well, I made it epistolary, actually. It was more of like a serial thing where we had to turn in a few pages of writing every week. And then that would turn into our final for the course. And so I decided to write campaign because I just thought before I did the master's in performance studies I did an MFA in dramatic writing and one of the things that I learned there is that specificity and detail are things that will really really engage people in your story and they're just delightful to read it's just enjoyable and so I realized that when we were sitting at the D&D table there was just such a richness of like atmosphere and detail and like there was something to me magical about it because of the relationship that we formed with it and like I've always really kind of believed that fandom has this preternatural ability to connect people and to shortcut it's like an intimacy shortcut like the instant mm-hmm. you are like oh you play D&D I play D&D what what character do you play? You play a rogue. Oh man, yeah, I have a rogue. Yeah. My rogue level, whatever. And like, you, all of a sudden, you're your best friends. And it's yeah. I believe it's partly because you have this shared affect that's sort of pointing in the same direction at the same thing, and that once those two feelings sync up with each other, you can't help but have that same feeling towards each other as well. So like, if I could jump in really quick, just because this is something that I've felt uh, a lot recently, and um, which is that I think that we we've I think we've used fandoms um, of all shapes and sizes to kind of replace uh, like kind of um, almost like uh, what used to be considered like communities, like town town communities, like kind of rural community, like you know these kind of really tight knit mm-hmm. groups of people who had a sort of but they had a, a sort of geographic uh, shared mm-hmm. interest, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, and because the world I think was a lot less expanded, it was more likely that people growing up in a certain area would kind of have similar ideals and thoughts and beliefs and etc whereas I think now that's kind of gone a little bit because everyone's you know very much encouraged to be individualistic and so therefore it's much harder to kind of I think to jam with the people that you know but we replace it with this idea of like these, these fandoms etc and I kind of include everything in that um mm-hmm. with, with within fandoms which is that like where you like you said you get this kind of instant connection because I realized that I had this for the longest time with football where the second I said to someone and it's the reason why I'm so into football now but it's pure it's not even because of the love of the game it was the fact that as soon as I walk up to someone and say oh hey do you like football we can now have a conversation for three hours mm-hmm. and I loved that like I absolutely loved that ability and I think it's the same thing for D&D I think it's the same thing for any kind of fandom um, and I think that's just a really interesting aspect to look at it from the point of like community and building that kind of like support network around yourself and sh- finding, you know, your people. I think it's the same thing that we used to do. It's just, that it used to be geographic and now it's more kind of like really interest and ideals based. Yeah. So I would say that those were fandoms also like, yeah, sure. I would yeah. say that it's just like <laughs> fandom scripter for a certain model of how a community can relate to each other. And then like, there are all sorts of things that we don't typically consider to be fandoms that would normally be fan that I would consider to be a fandom. Like for example, the, the one I like to do the most is religion. And it's like, honestly, the gospel is Jesus fan fiction. Religion is the ultimate fandom. Yeah, no, completely agree. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would, I, that was what I was going to draw the comparison to, especially with how fandoms behave. Mm-hmm. I think the way that fandoms mm-hmm. behave yeah. is so much more similar to your average religion than it is to your like, just like, yeah, we're just hanging out. Like, cause I feel like communities usually are less strict 
but in terms of an in-group, out-group, people mm. are usually a little bit nicer. As well, long as you happen to be from there mm. and you're not hurting folks, then they're usually not as... Whereas religion, bruh? Mm-mm. I mean, if you're well, from the wrong religion... That, like, like, <laughs> that, like, Even though within a religion, though, you can still find this huge spectrum of people who are like, yeah, I'm Christian, I celebrate Christmas and Easter... To, I am Catholic, and if you don't follow the rules that the Pope follows, then we can't speak to each other. Like, yeah, you have that sort I mean. of, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Well, you have people who are like, oh, same... I like Star Wars, but I love, I don't like the Star Wars prequels. Mm-hmm. Versus other people who are like, oh, I love Star Wars, and if you don't like the Star Wars prequels, then you are not a true Star Wars fan. Or, yeah. like, it's the same, yeah. it's the same kind of thing with, yeah. with like, religion. What I'm just saying is, like, it runs the gamut the same way that religion mm. runs the gamut. Mm-hmm. Like, because mm. I guess I... I always have a knee-jerk reaction because there's such a long history of, like, pathologizing fans and, like, um, you know, like, even, like, the sort of earlier, what most people would consider earlier fandoms, like Trek and Star Wars, but especially Trek and how Trekkies and Trekkers were treated in the sort of the early days of, like, mainstream-ish fandom but like also i would trace fandom much further back to like sherlock holmes fandom for example um and but just the there's also just a lot of like it's it's easy to write a clickbaity article about how awful star wars fans are being but it's less common that you see an article about like the 501st cosplayers that cosplay the clone troopers and go visit kids in the hospital and give them star Mm. Wars toys. Like Mm. you don't see that article as often as you see the article about them harassing. um, Oh shoot. I can't remember her name right now, but third sister in Obi-Wan. Marie Tran. Oh no, no, that's uh, Rose Tico. (laughs) That's the other one. Yeah. That's the the other example. That was the last time. Yeah. Yeah, That's the last time this will happen. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, so This will be time number three or four that I totally lost track of what I was talking about. Oh, oh no, no, this is absolutely. I mean, that that was no. just that was that was an excellent yeah. segue. Whatever that yeah, was, I could totally agree. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I'm very. Yeah. Up, that was great. Um, but the, genuinely, like, I think that yeah, this is. Uh, I honestly feel like uh, we should should and uh, will uh, hopefully talk to you all day because this is like well, genuine I, I think it's such a refreshing uh, perspective on this stuff, and it's really nice to talk to someone who's nice to learn. Had such a you know, it's nice to mm, learn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And had and someone who is like uh, studying this stuff now in terms of like what is the current, you know, thinking on, on you know, these kinds of things and taking into account because that was always one of the things that used to trouble me a lot when I was at drama school was that there was this such an aversion to, to pop culture. Uh, mm. The idea that it, it is somehow lesser than because it was popular, and I always just think oh, I, I always just find that fascinating because I always just thought, no, that, that's the, that's the that for me that's where like skill is. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. how do uh-huh. you make something that is, uh, you know, let's say like cookie cutter or what all the accusations that are labeled against you know popular things that things are like very similar, but how do you genuinely create something that actually rises out of the thousands of options that are now available? Yeah. How do you make uh, I don't know a Stranger Thing or a uh, you Game know, of Thrones or, for the first Game time. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? How, how, or, you know, how do you make a, 
you know, I'm trying to think of like popular music. Like Transformers whether. or a Nickelback. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's a good to have no, those. I think this argument has to be able to contain those as well. I think that's yeah. absolutely, absolutely a really good point. I think that's what I'm saying. I think that's a really, right, really good point. Because it's one thing to say Stranger Things or Game of Thrones. Yes. Because everybody, including the snobs, think those are good, especially yeah. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But well, if we're saying, if you're, if we're arguing in favor, the first four seasons of Game of yeah, Thrones, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I think we're pretty universally considered <laughs> classic. Yeah. But <laughs> I think if we're ta- if we're making an argument for there being a legitimate talent to being able to make something that the average person enjoys, mm. you have to include your Michael Bay's and yeah. you have to yeah. include your Nickelback's. Oh, yeah. You have to include, you know, all the stuff that's the like money makers. Well, the we may not consider it high art, but everybody loves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so, it's also people, it's please. like, yeah, that's if you want to understand the, the entire population, if you're not just trying to understand, you know, the the people who can afford to have a personal subscription to the New York Times, like the mm-hmm. you're you're not going to understand the the entire populace. Like I I did theater history a lot in my undergrad. Um, I was also a theater major in school, um, mm. and I liked to write my papers about the audience experience rather than like the mm. particular text because the way that my theater history classes were organized, it was like, instead of calling it by like, Oh, this is classical Renaissance theater. It was like, this is the theater of communion. And it was about, we're going to learn that part of the reason that people went to the theater during this time period was so that they could gather together and have a communal experience. Mm -hmm. And then we did theater of illusionism. And that was like, okay, so during this time period, people were trying to mimic what was happening in real life. And they were trying to get as, accuracy on stage and then we do theater of revolt and it's all about postmodernism and mm-hmm. reacting to the war and reacting to doing things like expressionism this is the same time that jackson pollock was getting into fashion stuff like that and breaking the fourth wall dadaism all of that stuff so that's when you start because of the way those classes were structured i'm able to kind of like make those connections across multiple different media types and mm. this will be time number five that I forgot why the hell I started this. <laughs> we were so talking about the importance there, of like populism, but... like mm. populist art. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. like, a lot of it is in order to really understand what's going on with these pieces. Like, in order to really understand Shakespeare, you need to understand that Shakespeare is not what the Queen was watching. Shakespeare is mm. what you were paying two pence to get mm. in and stand in the yeah. freaking pit and the globe which i actually got to do mm. once which yeah was really fucking fun that, yeah right it's yeah fun. It fun. yeah i like, saw Shakespeare at the time was like like that was like the common joe would go and go and see yeah Shakespeare. yeah it mm. was like it was like yeah. the soap yeah. of its time kind the of michael thing. bay of his day. Yeah, yeah, yeah well yeah there's a whole there's a there's a reason why the royal the royal box and stuff is always the worst seats as well because the only reason that anyone of note ever turned up to stuff like that was just to be so, seen mm-hmm. yeah like exactly. which, so that's why the royal box at the globe is quite literally behind the stage like <laughs> you are looking at the back of everyone's heads if you're sat in that seat like it would be so bad <laughs> to watch the show from there but it's just about being seats yeah I, yeah well, it's I like if agree. she really I wants know. to see the show she'll just summon him to her throne room and sit there and watch yeah it. he'll just yeah. do yeah. it in the palace yeah. you know what i mean yeah he'll just put it onto the palace absolutely mm-hmm. um i oh man um uh, joan i seriously th- it's so good to talk to you and mm. um I, I i dare say that joan will be back because uh it's been an absolute <laughs> oh, yeah. pleasure to get to talk to you and yeah um yeah. and not Don't to mention i mean just th- yeah, we. I feel like we've scratched the surface. And there's oh no! Yeah, of really I could talk. To we haven't topics. gotten to talk about the Beatles yet. <gasps> yep. 
I mean, oh my God. look. Uh, that, that's, talk about the Beatles? I could talk about the Beatles for days. Basically, all of the reason I was bringing them up is because we're talking here, sitting here talking about how making something popular is a skill. Mm. And here we have what is a unique situation where in their time, the most popular thing was also one of the most experimental and avant-garde things in their medium. And they maintained it that like, I don't know how the heck they pulled that off. Wild. So like Michael day. Bay, really. Mm, uh, it's, it'd be like if Michael Bay was also Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah, that yeah, kind yeah level yeah, of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. to the point where they were inventing techniques that like had never been used before for their music. And people were like, well, holy crap, how do they even do this? <laughs> I mean, uh, but Lucas also kind of did song. that to a certain extent. He just wasn't as good at it. But like, <laughs> if you think about like everything that ILM did, Industrial Light and Magic, and yeah, mm. Lucasfilm, like there's yeah. tons of people still using their technology. They're still, they're still yeah, like they invented so much stuff for those movies. Mm-hmm. It's I was watching yeah. a documentary on that recently, and like I think they were talking about. Um, I was watching them talking because I think is it for I can't even remember what film it was, but like they were in like ma- making studios out up basically just to handle like the te- like the load they were going to have to like uh, mm-hmm. employ for like te- the, the technology and everything they were using. Was it for um, the prequels? I think it might because yeah. I know they developed a bunch of stuff for the prequels. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, they. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, it might have you guys seen the, the rig but... that they have to shoot Obi Wan? <sighs> no, yeah. I haven't. A like. Are they using the LED? and sixty degree panoramic green screen mm-hmm. with like treadmills and stuff on the bottom, and oh, it, yeah. like you can. Is that like project... what they did for the Batman? I think Mandalorian, if, if it's the LED walls uh, stuff, that's something I've been tracking for a, for a while. So it, it was actually first used in Oblivion, uh, which is the Tom Cruise movie, uh, where so basically it, like they'd build sets and like everything and they'd have the LED, these incredibly high definition LED screens where the actors and everyone can see literally what the camera's seeing. Mm-hmm. Like it's all pre-rendered and it tracks with the camera movements. Uh, so all like the perspectives and stuff change with the camera and they did the same thing for the mandalorian so pretty much all of that is shot inside the mandalorian like 95 percent of all of that is shot inside it's wild seems uh, to me like doing <laughs> acting in vr as if you were like literally being yeah i got to check out an led uh studio here in manchester and oh, uh, it's a so really cool. fascinating technology cool. like really 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 cool and e- like when you're in it, it it it's amazing like even the way that the, the light hits your subjects and everything it just looks so much more realistic oh, man. anyway i could nerd out about <laughs> led yeah. the beatles all of yeah. this stuff is so so oh, so man. Long. we could talk the rest days. of the episode Let's uh, talk about wanna... this. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't remember everything else but, but i genuinely the one thing that I really want us to get to I want to make sure we have time for is mm-hmm. that every single person that comes on our show Joan you'll yeah. know this they have to give us a tale from the table now what's the tale from the table it could be anything it could be a wacky story it could be a sad story it can be a story about intergenerational relationships we've run the gamut so far so please uh, give us any tale no matter how wild that just comes to your mind uh, uh, and uh, and yeah tell tell the tell the halflings the thing is uh, that Joan is going through like 10 years of content in a brain right now I know right <laughs> this is scrolling yeah. through a, li- a thick library yeah it's like, just that I'm trying to think like which ones actually would be funny <laughs> to people who weren't there do you know uh, do you know what, jo- what just happened to Joan I saw it happen you know that scene in Bruce Almighty where he's checking the filing cabinet yeah and he opens uh, the, the yeah. bottom drawer like, yeah. and he gets like and the yeah. drawer so that's basically what just happened. Yeah, it was yeah. like that was ten yeah. years of of, uh, <laughs> of one D and D game. Because <laughs> 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 I, I really want to come back and talk about three point five because I know mm-hmm. that you guys 
haven't done that much with 3.5. I would love to talk about the differences between 5th and 3.5 because I actually just made Senna again in 5th edition to see what her character sheets would look like. And it's it's really fascinating. I remember I made her in 4th edition and I was like, Fuck this game! Yeah. I don't like this character. Yeah, no, a lot Where's of people did not like fourth edition. Six sneak attack damage. Um, <laughs> yeah, she has eleven d six now. It's so satisfying. Oh, that's right. um, mm. But oh, she still can't crit undead or constructs. Oh, oh, no. Sad, sad face. Okay. Sad there were so many zombies. There were so many zombies. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm going to tell two stories. One. One is kind of short. This is the actually the end of the question you were asking about um, what kind of made me want to study it scholastically, mm. study the India scholastically. And it was um, November 9th, 2016. Ooh. So the day after the 2016th election, Ooh. I was Oof. at the USC Keck um, Hospital uh because I had had this mysterious illness that had been bothering me for months and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And it was a miserable morning because I'm black and Donald Trump had just illegally seized the United States presidency. Um, And I said it. Um, (laughs) Spread the word. Hey, he called, he called my home a shithole country. So I don't care anymore. Wow. Um, Joan, is that a, why are you drop? Why do you p- pick up a mic and suddenly drop? That was a, that was expensive mic show. Don't do that. Joan, it's not worth it. She'll do it. Joan, stop beating the mic. Joan. Stop beating the mic, Joan. I called Unadi and she approved me to use some gems to spend on buying like oh, no. smash them hey. for this exact purpose. Hey, there we go. There we go. There we go. Oh, no. Um also she told me that uh to mention tenant to you guys. Hey! Oh no. Hey. Uh, no. <laughs> no, she didn't. Oh, just as a side note, and this this doesn't have to stay in the episode. This is just so you know. Uh, Unati, I think it's post probably where you've listened Mm -hmm. to, but Unati's pronouns, like right around the time they told us they were changed to they them. I'm sorry, I totally forgot. Oh, no, no, no. no. It's all good. Good to Um, know. I would love to meet them. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they gave me permission to use the gems for this exact purpose. Well, there you go. There you go. Okay, so we're going to do it. All right, I'm going to finish what I was saying. Yes. Okay. So that day with fibromyalgia and um it fibromyalgia sucks it's one of those diseases that like nobody knows how to fix it Mm. um or even really what it actually is there's a lot of like working theories it's gotten better in the few years since i've had it um but it's predominantly affects people of color and women so Mm. you know the populations that nobody gives a crap about Mm -hmm. most of the time Uh (laughs) and therefore there's not a lot of good research on it and so it's just kind of a struggle and trying to communicate to my friends and family what it was like to have this disease when they can't see any of the physical manifestations of it like mm. it, especially because even there are some things that make your skin change color like i have Raynaud's phenomenon which makes for white people it makes their skin turn like their fingers turn blue mm. um but my fingers don't turn color when i get it like they just stay brown yeah sure. <laughs> um and i would bruise more easily but again like my bruises don't show up as easily but um so one of the things 
one day I realized that I could explain it to my husband by saying, you know what? It's like I have a permanent fatigue condition on my character. Mm. Like I have a penalty to my constitution that is reducing my hit points. <laughs> Even though my dex is off the charts, I have a percent chance to fail a reflex save at all times. Like yeah. I could be perfectly fine. And then, you know, just I'll just trip over myself for no reason. Yeah. Um, I have a limited number of action points per day. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of spoon theory, but yep, I um, love yes. spoon theory. Yeah, it explains. So me too. So and so, like to me, spoon theory and like action points, one to one comparison. And yeah. so it was like by being able to use the language of D and D to talk through the physical and emotional challenges that I was having, I was able to communicate with my husband on a level that was previously a lot harder and he was able to understand me in a way that he wasn't before wow. so that was that's one of i guess that's more of a tale from the dinner table because that was me and my husband and it's purely interpart into partner stories i <laughs> we've we're introducing that now Thank yeah. You. yeah yeah we should have i'll, I'll like these theoretical guest episodes that I keep inviting myself on. Oh, we'll yeah, have a, on like, I married the DM. <laughs> yes. Dinner like, roll for what? initiative. <laughs> yeah. I married the DM. Um, I love it. <laughs> I did marry the DM for the record. Uh, well done. Well played. But it never helps though, does it? Like being like with the <laughs> well, DM. Well, to be fair, yeah, we were already rolls. together before he started DM. Okay. okay. But, uh. um, well, we started DMing that game. Um, but the, I will tell that I'll try to keep it brief is the end of our 20 level campaign. Um, we basically, we had a wizard gnome. We had a uh, high elf dragon paladin, an elven druid elementalist and myself, a half elf rogue. And I had this like white knife that was a plus five that also let me, if I kill somebody with this knife, I can assume their appearance Ooh. and like, I don't actually Whoa. get their like physical stats, but I look like them. Yeah. And if they like, for example, I killed a red dragon with this knife. So <laughs> I was able to turn into a red dragon and have the party climb on my back and fly over to our airship, which we got, which had in the center of it, this giant like spear that was actually an anti-magic cannon. Oh. And like we could use it to to I can't remember exactly what we had to use it to do, but there, like part of what was going on is that somebody was trying to kill Bakab, the god of magic, mm-hmm. and we were the sages that had to prevent it from die- like ending. And this is my my husband a hundred percent homebrewed this whole thing from scratch for twenty say, levels, which is so like cool. yeah. it, it's insane. It's awesome. Um, and yeah. as we're getting there. Back to the city that we had to flee that's overrun by undead and zombies and like Horus, this Lich King has been taking over. We get there and our airship, the magic that keeps the airship in the air stops working all of a sudden. And so all of a sudden our airship is tilting in the air straight down and we're about to plunge into the earth nose first. And wizard gnome had just gotten this mech suit that was in the shape of a chicken and naturally it it had time traveling abilities so he did this thing where he was able to like temporal chickens 
It's a time displaced chicken. It's a time displaced chicken. Yeah, that. But it. I was like, this is where they came from. This is canon, Jeremy. This has to be canon. This has to be canon. Stole it from from this campaign. Straight up, using one of these chickens, he came back. He came back in time to to steal this idea. Tell him I'm gonna have to tell JD that he now has to invent temporal chickens. I'm sure he'll do it. But um, he's working on repairing our airship right now. But uh, so basically, as this airship is plummeting nose down into the pavement my character has an insane tumble check so she's running vertically up the side of this ship and like jumping off the like call that the stern and she has a ring of feather fall Mm -hmm. which she had previously used to use a trebuchet as a fun park ride um (laughs) and so she gets to just like land in her like three point superhero action pose, and meanwhile yeah. the JD and his chicken suit is like buzzing around and getting the paladin and the druid and putting them on the ground. And there's like fire elementals everywhere. It was just, it was awesome. And then like the thing hits the ground and crashes into a million pieces. Mm-hmm. And we had one of those moments like, um, oh, I was just listening to academy and the end of their first season where they go around and they have to find out whose families are okay and whose aren't oh yeah and mm. we had a moment like that where we were like what about our ship captain is captain scobos gonna be okay <laughs> like how about the crew like who who's made it and who did it and it was just it, and if, and if it doesn't DMs have are... a great punchline but it was just the no, image in my head and my character yeah. running up this ship as it was plummeting so cool. to the ground yeah. it was yeah, just so sick. epic yeah, yeah. yeah. and if your character if your uh, dm is a complete psychopath uh like like ours is uh he makes you roll to see who stays <laughs> um, yeah. um, that, that's a no thing that else. happens yeah. <laughs> in that case he was merciful he did the roll himself Okay. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Just, you do it. That's fine. But don't make us do it. Like <laughs> that's, that's so it was so cruel. So. Um, uh, Joan. There's no dogs that could be killed in our campaign. So good, yes. Good, no. Good, good. Certainly not. Mm. Certainly not. Uh, uh, Poochies are, are beyond reproach. Sacred. Uh, Joan. Thank you so much for coming on. This was absolutely thank you guys incredible. for having me uh i was like yeah we'll just chat for like 20 minutes and i'm like i'm here an hour later i'm so happy and honestly <laughs> yeah. we could have got another hour easily yeah. this was oh, absolutely sure. fantastic yeah. uh i really can't thank you for uh imparting some of your wisdom onto us and onto the halflings uh we've been having some conversations i think joan's gonna be sticking around helping out a little bit uh because you know the thing yeah. is when three black halflings sees a, a, an incredibly talented person is like hey please <laughs> come on you know board. I mean? We're always about that so <laughs> mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. uh so joan will hopefully be uh de- joan will definitely be back on 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 future reps uh because why would we not want uh this this amazing yeah. uh, wisdom and honestly i think we should just leave you at me and liv can just go get a snack we'll just leave yeah. you and jeremy to pow out uh, <laughs> about some stuff like jeremy. jj <laughs> no, but finally... if you do that if you do that it's just gonna devolve into like me being like michigan's better than ohio uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, but... we come back and you're somehow fighting across the yeah. like, zoom yeah. like, ah, uh, i'll be honest Valley i don't actually War. care about that argument very much i think it's, it's um, because it's me like, really all really i care about, about is the history of it you know the the history of fighting the toledo war yes yes i did some research it was like a a war in which there were apparently no casualties whatsoever no actual Uh, physical fighting in this war at all yeah just yeah we just just mad at each other ever since (laughs) just a little and then and then we lost michigan lost the toledo river valley to ohio but we gained Mm -hmm. the upper peninsula and then we found out that the upper peninsula was full of copper and salt 
Well, there Ooh, you go. Dope. Yep. It all Pretty worked cool. out. Yeah. All worked out. Uh, Joan, uh, if you would like we to, got please uh, tell, uh, please tell everyone uh, where they can uh, follow you and find you on the on the interwebs. Uh, and uh, if you have anything that in particular that you're uh, you're vibing about at the moment uh, and you'd like to plug, feel free to give it a plug. The the floor is yours. I would say uh, you can follow me right now at a underscore wild underscore Akafan on Twitter. Um, that's probably where I'm the most active on this stuff. Um, I had a website, but I took it down because I needed to fix it up. So mm -hmm. that will, you know, if you're following me on Twitter, when I finally put it back up, you'll see. Um, Do it. And eventually I will be releasing the stuff from my dissertation. But uh, in the meantime, I guess what I'm really vibing on right now is everybody should read the memory librarian by oh. janelle monet okay. that she did Ooh. with it's a collection of shorts set in the world of her 2018 album dirty computer and all of them are about time and memory in some way shape or form i was talking to jasper a little bit about it i downloaded um, the audiobook i started listening to awesome, it a bit today awesome. i'm very excited yeah <laughs> so good i listened to the audiobook for like 90 percent of it and then i got really impatient and finished it in the text um <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's super good there's some really um really provocative stuff in there and she wrote with a bunch of really great afrofuturist authors so definitely check it out it's very it's intersectional it's there's um trans representation in there there's like it it's it's the bomb i love it amazing cool. yeah i, I am have, extremely excited to go check that out because uh i have I, a relevant question about that? this mm -hmm. uh is this in any way connected to the metropolis suite and did no. she actually finish the metropolis suite because it feels like she didn't no and no Okay. <laughs> dirty computer is a separate universe from the metropolis suite and the metropolis suite is not done yet as far mm. as i can tell well, i'm gonna start calling her janae rr martin go back janelle referring to it as the jmcu in my dissertation Amazing, JMCU, incredible, incredible. Maybe we really hey, look if this if this slaps, if this slaps hard, you know, maybe there's some stories in here we could jump into. We could enter, you know, three black halflings can enter the JMCU because that that sounds like an amazing thing, right? That would be, that would I be don't know if you guys have seen Janelle Monae fan art. Janelle Monet as Storm. Oh, oh, I need that. I need that. It's my everything. I will I'm find it right now and send it I'm to I'm officially guys. adding Janelle Monet to the list of people that has to be included in every single Wizard of the Rings we do from, from now on. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, uh, so next time uh, yeah. I come on here, we're definitely doing a Wizard of the Rings for something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also specifically casting. Janelle Monet's so skin, which is oh among the God, most flawless yes. oh, man. skin like what? I'm not somebody who like stares at people's skin a bunch, <laughs> but I, like her skin Jeremy is like obsessed flawless. with skin. <laughs> Jeremy loves skin, skin wall. Like so, just a just like a thing picture of close-ups of people's skin. <laughs> just a mm. wall behind. Uh, Jeremy uh, is actually pictures. Zachary Quinto in uh, American Horror Stories. Oh good. Oh, oh yeah. boy. Sorry. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Hold on. Um, I just found it. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, send it to us. Maybe we'll maybe we'll link it or something in the episode because I think everyone. Also, it was the Star Wars special editions. Hey, yeah, that. I got you. There we go. <laughs> Special editions. There we go. Uh, and make sure oh, you go into the to the Riverside chat as well, Joan, because you'll find the uh, the yeah, that Wadu, um, yeah. There it is. Oh Please. my! Look! Oh my right? god! Oh, well, and did you much. know oh, that really cool. she was writing Dirty Computer at the same time they were filming uh, 
the original Black Panther, and they were hanging out with each other after hours. And like oh, they really? were she coming was like in Atlanta. Yeah, because that's she's based out of Atlanta. Wonderland Studios or Wonderland Productions is based out of Atlanta and they were shooting in Atlanta. And so Chadwick and Denai and Lupita were heading over to Wonderland Studios every night and listening to Janelle's music, oh, which that's cool. shortly after that happened, Lupita is in us first song that you hear at the beginning of that movie is I like that from Dirty Computer. Oh, wow. Yo, mm. honestly, honestly, if there was a room in history, do you know what I mean? That's got to be mm-hmm. up there. It's like a modern room in history that you're just like, I want yeah, to just, just I'm, right? I'm happy to just sit there and drink my Diet Coke. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just <laughs> happy to chill the hell out. I won't eat noisy foods. I will just sit quietly. To be the fly on <laughs> on that wall. head. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> wow. Absolutely incredible. Um, Joan Miller, future Dr. Joan Miller, uh, as you will forever be known until you are mm-hmm. just doctor. Um, uh, thank That's you when you so will be much. able to call me Dr. Jones and I will be like, it belongs in a museum. Yes. <laughs> Hell yes. I love it so much. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show. Uh, very, very excited to to have you back. And uh, this was, I mean, I hope the halflings ha- learned half as much as I did because I feel like my brain has been expanded oh, today. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, that is everything from uh, this episode through Black Halflings. Uh, Liv. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, see, I, I was just like thinking about everything we learned today. And then I was like, me? What? What do you want? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Should we do the intro? We never did the, should we just record the intro at the end and just put it at the end of the episode? Because originally this was going to be part of an episode. But I feel like no, no, we still have to have an intro. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do an intro. We should put the intro at the end. We should put the intro at the end. Don't worry. Have a plan, Jeremy. My name is Liv and you can find me on Twitter at DoesDarkMagic. That's me. I'm also on YouTube. YouTube, um, youtube.com forward slash dice break if you would like tabletop stuff that is board yes. games or whatever that's me thank you i love it so jeremy cobb yeah where can people find you on the internet uh you can find me uh wherever you want but that's not the true. best place to find me <laughs> well you can try to find me wherever you want okay i, may or may I, not I want you there. to be in roll an investigation the, this, yeah exactly <laughs> I'm gonna roll an investigation see if i can find jeremy cobb in my house right now rolling uh, i rolled an 18 Five. but you're not here I'm always with you, Jasper. Yeah, that's true, actually. You are. But where can people find you on the internet? (laughs) Uh, One place where I am frequently is Twitter. Uh, Follow me and and justify the time that I'm spending on the app. Uh, (laughs) Follow me at JeremyCobb1. It's Cobb with two Bs and the number one. Uh, Yeah, that's, that's me. That's cool. you. That's uh, me. I'm also on Instagram. I still can't still remember know. my username. <laughs> you don't post anything. It's truly, it's just a blank wall that has your name. It, there's there's little value to be found there. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I will add something one day. Maybe he'll add say. something one day. And then I will, uh, I'll allow you to, pl- you can plug your Instagram as much as you like. Uh, but you need to add something. <laughs> you need to get something in there. Um, uh, you can follow me at JW underscore Cartwright. You can follow the show at three, that's the number three, black. Halflings on Twitter, Instagram, and apparently there's a Facebook as well, but who is on Facebook anymore? I don't know, not me. Um, and I actually do know I some people uh, who are on Facebook, so I apologize to all the people. The Jays are on Facebook. The other Jays are yeah. on Facebook. The other Jays. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of the three Jays that are in this room. Um, and uh, if you... Three Jays approve this message. 
Yeah. Uh, and if you uh, like to more Three Black Halflings content, then you can head over to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash TV Halflings. Uh, there is a bunch of bonus episodes, including uh, about the City of the Black Rose deep dives and uh, sorry, uh, talkbacks and things like that. So go and check that yeah. out. Uh, check out our link tree in the description as well for all of the good stuff that we do. But that is it this week. Thank you again to the amazing future Dr. Joan Miller Woo! for coming on this week's episode of Three Black Halflings. And we will see you next week. So long, yeah. Child folk. So long, child so long, folk. That was a HeadGum Podcast.